downloading this podcast from the Freedom Centre Church in Preston. But today, uh, we're going to look at one simple phrase which we regularly say, we regularly hear. I've said it about a minute ago, I think. I say it regularly. You probably say it regularly. One simple phrase that we regularly hear, and it's the title of the talk this morning, and it is, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That is something I'm sure you have heard numerous times. We often end prayers, don't we? In Jesus' name. Amen. It's like in Jesus, like almost like we wouldn't know how to end a prayer if we didn't say it. The prayer would just go on and on and on forever. We wouldn't, just wouldn't know how to stop. But all the time, I deliberately say it. It's not just a habitual thing. I deliberately say at the end of a prayer, in Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes I think, oh, it's sounding a bit dry. But no, I deliberately end my prayers with, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to look at why I do that this morning and why we say that phrase and why that is such an important and huge phrase for us in Jesus' name. And there's just one verse really that we're going to focus around this morning. I'm going to, there's a few little bits we're going to look at along the way, but one verse, and there's a few verses we could have gone to, but this morning in Colossians chapter 3 verse 17, it's going to come on the screen, but you can find it if you've got your Bible. I'm old school. Well, I'm becoming more old school with this, I think. I like to have my Bible and read it and know it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, and whatever you do, that's a big thing already, not just in, in whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all, do it all, every little bit, all of it, morning to night time, at work, at home, at play, with family, with friends, by yourself, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. The message version of the Bible says it this way, it says, let every detail in your lives, think of the detail, every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of of the Master Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Um, that's something that Jesus regularly as well, um, in the Gospels, Jesus will say something like, do it in the name of Jesus. John fourteen thirteen, he says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. Now I recognize that is a big, big scripture which asks a lot of questions because I don't know about you, I pray prayers sometimes and I don't see an answer immediately. We've just sung waiting here for you. We're not going to have loads of time to get into that too much this morning. What I will say really, really briefly on it is kind of looking back to what I talked about a few weeks ago when we talked about the kingdom of God, my kingdom come versus God's kingdom come. A lot of the time, one, this, is, this is one small answer to a bigger, a bigger question, but a lot of the time I think it's because our prayers are praying my kingdom come rather than God's kingdom come. When we pray God's kingdom come and things that are God's will, we tend to see the answers a lot more. If you pray this week, God, give me an opportunity to help someone in need, I think you might get an answer to your prayer. <laughs> if you pray, God, give me a million pounds this afternoon, may not. Okay, That's a really basic um, little just um, nugget on that big, 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 big um, subject. But for today, Jesus says to ask in his name. 
And there's lots of times in the Bible it says, be healed in Jesus' name. Sometimes it would just say, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not another Jesus, not some other guy called Jesus, not someone that plays for Manchester City, not someone else that's knocking around. This is in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. So we're going to look at this this morning. And we're going to look at it from two different sides. Two different ways that I want to look at this this morning. Two opposite ways in many ways, that we can approach this and how we often interpret and unpack something like this little scripture that we just read, where it says, do everything that we do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. But before we get onto that, I want to ask you a question, not one to shout out the answer to, but I want you to think about what is, what is your biggest achievement that you have made for Jesus? What's the biggest thing that you've done? Someone said to you, Someone walked up to you one day and said, Tim, you know, what's the biggest and best thing that you've done for Jesus? What would your answer be for that question? Just think about that for a minute. Of all the things that we sometimes do, you know, in church, we get asked to do something, oh, go on then, I'll come along to that. Oh, yeah. What's the biggest thing that you can think of that you've ever done for Jesus? Whilst you're thinking about that, tell a little story uh, about when I was, I think I was probably about 11, 12, 13, that sort of age. And um, I like most lots of kids did, I used to get some pocket money from my parents, just a few pounds, you know, to buy some things here and there, learn principles of money, all that kind of thing, which is great. Um, but I, as a kid, I was never one of these kids that kind of stashed it away and saved. There are some of these kids that they don't spend their money. I don't, I, I don't understand that. I just used to, I know what I wanted to buy. I know the toy that I wanted. And I, and I wait, I, I, I bought it. I waited. I saved my money maybe for a week or two until I did have enough money. But one of the things that I did do was I was um, a little bit of a wheeler dealer with my parents. Okay? My parents, uh, best parents ever, I would say. They're brilliant. But um, what I would do, I, I would see something that I wanted. Maybe like there's a toy or something that was £10. Maybe I had £6. So I went up to my mum and dad. I said, right, I got £6. I'll tell you what. If I do this job or that job or clean up there... Could you maybe just sort me out the last few pounds and then I can get the toy that I want today? And a lot of the time they were great. They did do that. Um, but there was this one time I remember where uh, it was, it was, I think it was now, you know, the Now That's What I Call Music series of CDs. Well, this was a cassette. It was a tape. But I wanted to get Now, I think it was Now 29, right? Because I, I was collecting these and Now 29 came out. And I wanted this, but I didn't have enough money to buy the thing. And I, I wanted it because I was a bit, I, I kind of collected them and I got, oh, I want it now. I don't want to wait. I want it now, 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 now. So um, I went up to my parents, as I had done before, and I said, Mom, Dad, how are you doing? You know, um, say, well, I've got seven pounds. I need 12 pounds. What can I do? What can I do just to get a few extra pounds so I can uh, get this, this new tape that I wanted? Um, and they said, no. What? What do you mean, no? I'm, <laughs> I'm offering to do jobs for you. Like, no, not, not this time. Um, and I think they're probably trying to teach me some sort of lesson. I don't know. Um, and they said no. So I thought, well, that's thrown the plan. I don't know what to do from this point. So they, I think they went out. They went off somewhere for a few hours. And I was at home and I thought, that's it. I'm just going to, I'm going to go downstairs. And we had the, cl- the cloakroom. It was like, the, you know, the bit under the stairs that you get in your house where we hung our coats and scarves and gloves, shoes, all that kind of thing. And I tidied it top to bottom. Right, I organized all the coats onto an individual peg for everyone, lined up all the shoes nice, got all the gloves and hats in an individual little box at the back so it was all nice and tight, hoovered. Right, it was fantastic, top work, even if I say so myself. 
I heard them come home, so I, I snuck up to my bedroom really quickly. I thought, I'm just going to wait, just going to wait to see what their response is. And then I kept an ear out, and they walked in, and I was waiting for them to call, call me, Tom, come down, come on then, come downstairs. Nothing happened. I didn't understand. So eventually I kind of walked downstairs, just waiting. They didn't say anything. I was like, have you noticed the, uh, you noticed the, uh, the cloakroom? It's the cloakroom. And they said, yeah, it's really tidy. Did you do it? I said, yeah, yeah. They said, thank you. <laughs> I remember. And then, and then I kind of had to gingerly kind of, well, in a completely unrelated topic to the cloakroom, <laughs> could I have a few pounds for that, uh, that tape that I want to buy? And my parents, as again, wonderful parents, they did all the time, they were fantastic, but I'm presuming in order to try and teach me some sort of lesson, they said... No. <laughs> what do you mean? You don't see what I've just done. Like, I've just done all of this stuff. I've tidied it. I've lined all the coats up. I've organized the shoes. I've got hats, scarves, put them in boxes. I've hoovered. I didn't even know where the hoover lived before, but I found it. I've hoovered. I've cleaned up. And I just want to buy this tape. And you've said, no, I don't understand. Have you not seen all the things that I have done? And the problem with that, what I was doing is I was asking for something on the basis of what I had done. I was asking something of my parents. I wasn't, I wasn't appealing to their love. <laughs> I wasn't appealing to anything of their parenthood. I was saying, look at what I have done. The least you can do is let me buy a tape so I can listen to E17 and take that and some of these great artists from the 90s. But they wouldn't do it. They didn't do it. And this is what we do sometimes. Or maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me, I don't know. But sometimes when I pray... When I have times with God, I will pray to him, I'll have my list of things that I want him to do. But a lot of the time, I wouldn't, we would never admit this probably, we would, obviously we would never teach this, but I think the underlying message sometimes of what we do when we're praying is God. I mean, I've prayed this week, didn't I? You saw, I, I read my Bible I read my Bible. I've read it every day this week. Remember when I got to church early last Sunday to help set up? And I did that thing on Tuesday night or Wednesday night. I did that thing for that person. Look, all this stuff that I've done, God, could you please maybe just do this for me? And I, sometimes that's what I do when I pray. <laughs> Which isn't the way that it works, is it? I don't know, maybe, I'm sure none of you ever do anything like that with God, but sometimes that's the way my prayers are framed. God, I do more than that person. Have you not seen I've done this, and I've done that, and I've been going to church for years when I could have stayed in bed, I could have done this, that, and the other. But what this is, this isn't praying in Jesus' name, this is praying in my name. That's what's happening when we do that. We're not saying in Jesus' name, amen. We're saying in Tom's name, on the basis of all that I have done, with all the merit that I have achieved, all the things that I have built up in my name, I pray, let it be done. And I think sometimes this is how some of us can approach this. But the Bible says, and we know this, that our works are as filthy rags. And whatever we do for Jesus, whatever we do for Jesus, means absolutely nothing in regard to our standing with God. It's one of the 
one of the groundbreaking central truths of the gospel is that we are saved by grace and grace alone, not by works, not by the things that we do all the time. God loves it when we do it. There's, you know, we could talk about how it honors God, how he loves to see it, how he blesses it, all these kind of things. But when it comes to our standing before God in all our sin, all the things that we do, all of our works, whatever we've done, however many times we've come to church early, how many times we've given money, how many times we've got to this event, or that event or done this or done the other or had people over for meals or, or served at soup kitchens, whatever it might be, nothing that we do can affect our standing with God. That is by grace and grace alone by what Jesus did on the cross for me and what he did for you. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 says that it is by grace that you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves, this is not from yourselves, it's not from me, this is not from you tidying up a cloakroom cupboard, this is not by anything that you do, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. So that can be quite a difficult thing for us to stomach sometimes, especially if we feel like we've been doing really well. You know, we've been doing this church, I've been reading my Bible, I've got it down, I've been praying, I've been doing this thing and that thing there early, helping with this, seeing that, all that kind of thing. That can come, that can come quite as harsh news sometimes for the religious, the Pharisees, they hated this in the Bible because they were, they were winning. They were winning at the game that they were playing. And they didn't like this message. What do you mean? This is, this is, this is, this is messing up the order. We're winning and in this message we're not winning anymore. So this, this can be quite difficult if we're coming from that point of view. But there's another point of view as well. We can hear this message and read this scripture. And this is, this is better news. This is good. Because what about, we've talked about when we're doing well, when we've done this, I've done that, I've cleaned the cloakroom cupboard. But what about the times where we're not doing so well? What about the times where we're not doing well? The times where we wake up in the morning and we just feel like, ugh. The times where we just feel overwhelmed with the wrong that we've done. The times we've hurt people, our failures, mistakes. Maybe even this week there's just been times where you've just felt so inefficient and just so like, ugh, ugh, I'm just, I'm horrible. I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I failed there again and again and again. And sometimes our response to these times is that we withhold from prayer. We withhold from reading the Bible. Maybe we stay away from church because we just feel like we're under the weight of shame and condemnation. Have you ever done that? Have you ever... Have you ever maybe not picked your Bible up because you feel like you're in that place? Have you ever maybe um, not come to church because you just think, oh, no, I can't do church today. I'm not, that, maybe that, I'm not in the place for church today. <laughs> Something like that. Have you ever done that maybe? Have you ever done that? Stayed away from connect groups, stayed away from maybe a friend, maybe a Christian friend, a Christian brother, a Christian sister who wants to have time with you and you just think, oh, no, I'm going to text them and say I can't do it tonight because of just all this stuff that is going on. Both of these scenarios that we've just talked about, that one where we think we've got it all together and look what I've done, and the other side of it where 
Um, we're not doing very well. They're, they're opposite sides, completely opposite scenarios. But the problem of them both is the same because both of them are relying on our name. There's the one side where I'm basing this because of all the things that I have done. In Tom's name I pray, amen. And then there's the other side where we feel like such a failure, such a mess, like we're getting it all wrong and we don't pray, we don't go to church, we don't do that thing we were going to say because our name doesn't feel that good today. But still we're doing it in our own name, aren't we? We're doing it in our own name. That's why we don't do it. Because my name's not very good today, and I don't feel very good about my name, so I'm just going to, because it's not going to work. I don't feel like it. I'm not in that place today. So there are the two sides. What happens with this? Both of these, right? We have, we know this, we have an accuser, don't we? The enemy in the Bible is referred to as the accuser who accuses us with dirty, filthy tactics. He accuses us. So when we feel like we're doing well, when we feel like our name is doing all right, I've noticed what the enemy tends to do is, you, you're, doing, you're doing all right. You, you need a prize. Like you need some recognition. You need, some rec- you need a promotion. What, what do you mean? You've been doing this. You've been going to church every single week. And what? God's not, he's not increased your income. You mean he's not... He's not helped you overcome that, that sickness or that illness or that problem. Do you know what? You, you really should be having that by now. He, he accuses. He throws in these little accusations. Why hasn't God, God done this? Well, he's done it for them. They've got a bigger house. They've got a new job. They've got better grades. They've got more health. They've got all these things. What, what, why hasn't he done that for you? And the enemy will accuse us. And he's, he's horrible because when, it, when we're on the other side where we're not doing well, he flips that completely. And he says, probably if I were you, I'd be staying away from church. Maybe go next week, but this week, if I were you, just, just have a week off. You know, if I were you, don't, don't just leave your Bible. You know, you're not in the place. You know, just, just leave it. Just get yourself straight and then maybe go to church next week. But that's like, that's like not going to the gym because you've eaten too much. So the very thing that you probably need to do more than anything else, because he's an accuser and he's dirty, he twists these things and he lies to us to try and keep us from God. And these two things, kind of a side note, these are the two main reasons, not every reason, but these are the two main reasons that I've seen people leave church. One of these two. One of these two either... I deserve more, I deserve better, I've been going there this long and I've not got this opportunity, I've not got this promotion, I've not got this, that or the other, I'm going to leave. Or the opposite, where I'm not good enough, I just can't, I'm not, I'm not as good as the next person that I sit next to, I make more mistakes, I don't know the half of my story, and they leave. Because the enemy is a liar, he's accuser, he wants to kill, steal and destroy. So what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Last week, if you remember, we had the guys were all sat up here and we were talking about the conference that we went on last, was it just last Saturday? It feels weeks ago all of a sudden. <laughs> it was just last Saturday and we heard stories of all the different guys of um, just, it was, 20, it was a 24-hour conference, but just all that God did in them in just those 24 hours, all the things they learned, all the things that God challenged them on, encouraged them with, 
And it was wonderful. And I'm, I'm sure I'm probably not alone, guys. But last, when I when at that conference last week, and we talked, shared a little bit about this last week, I just felt so strong in Jesus. I felt courageous. I felt enthused. I felt excited. But then I came home, <laughs> and, and you, you know the things that happen in life. You get responsibilities at work pressure, people asking you to do this for this time or that time, you get kids playing up, you get cars that break down, you get problem with the heating, you get whatever it might be, all the things of life have a habit, don't they, of happening. They just seem to happen, these things. So it's amazing, like Sunday morning, Saturday night, I'm ready for it, come on, yeah, I'll follow Jesus, I feel empowered, I'm ready to go, Tuesday, oh no. Like, how, how have I got from there to there in the space of two days? Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I can't do it. I don't know enough. I've failed already. I've messed up. And how easily we can go from one place to the other place in a matter of hours. Sometimes it's even minutes where we can go from one place to the other. But what we need to do is we need to remember in these times that Jesus has not changed Jesus has not changed from when I was stood with 1,500 other men singing out the name of Jesus where we all just felt encouraged and empowered. Jesus has not changed in that moment to the moment where I'm sat at my desk at work feeling overwhelmed by a deadline that I've got or something I don't know how to do. Jesus has not changed. I feel completely different in that environment than I did to when I was stood worshipping Jesus. But it is me that has changed in that situation. It is my faith. It is what my eyes are locked on that has changed. There is nothing that has changed about Almighty God in that time. God has not changed. There is no changing in God. The God that we read about in this book that has been written over hundreds, thousands of years, he's the same God today when we're at work, when we're with our kids, whatever we're doing, as he was in this book. There is no changing in God. I change. I flip-flop. I have ups. I have downs. I have good days. I have bad days. I have days where I'm encouraged and infused. I have days where I'm selfish and don't want to give anything of myself away. There's days I want to go out and help people and talk to people and love people. There's days where I just want to watch TV and eat something without talking to anybody else. There's days where I want to grow. I want to progress. We need to start something new. What can we do? There's days I think I just want to dial it down I want to stop half the things I'm doing I change I have ups I have downs there are days where my name I feel means something and there are a lot of days when I feel like my name doesn't mean anything even like the journey of speaking on a Sunday morning, you have no idea the amount of ups and downs. I don't, I'm sure Jack doesn't have this. The amount of ups and downs I have in a week. I'm going to preach on Sunday. I'm going to bring it. Yeah. And then, oh, come on, I, I'm the, I can't do it. Like, I cannot do it. I've got nothing to say. Oh, yeah, come preach. Yeah. And then like, it's like I'm fighting myself up, down, up, down, up, down all the time. And this is how life so often looks like. Jesus does not change. The Bible says that we can come before God, we worship, we come before God with confidence before the throne. We can come with confidence because we come not in my name, not in Tim's name, not in Jack and Sue's name, not in the Freedom Center's name, not in evangelical Western Christianity name. We come in no other name but the name of Jesus. 
I'm sure I've said this a million times before, but we need to remember that what was true in the light is true when it's dark. What was true in the light is true still in the dark. See, we've got the tendency, we go to a conference like we did last week or whatever it might be, and we we feel strong and courageous, and then we go to a place where it's darker or it's more difficult, and we start doubting what was said to us in that place, in the place that it is dark. But what we need to do is remember that what was said in that place by God is true. That is the correct thing. That is the benchmark. That is what doesn't change. And when we're in the place of darkness, when we feel down, when we feel negative, when we're feeling depression, anxious, not good enough, whatever it might be that you dislike about yourself at that time, what you feel there is not the truth. That is not the truth that God says about you. The truth that God says about you is in the place where it is light and when it's from his word, in his presence, and we need to cling on to these things and these promises. It's in places like church, it's in places like Connect Group, it's in places like a conference that I went on, it's in places like when I'm with Christian friends and we're talking about Jesus, we're lifting each other up. They're the places where I make my decisions for my life. Where I'm going to live and what I'm going to do and who I'm going to marry, what I'm going to, you know, my job and all these things. I don't make those decisions when I'm at home by myself feeling low. Those times come in life because we're not in heaven yet. Those times will come, but we need to start seeing those times and just thinking, no, this is a lie. And those times, if I, I, I try, really practical, if I'm having like a really down, bad day for whatever reason, I just try, that's it, I'm not making any decisions today. <laughs> I just try as much as I can to switch my brain off because I just make bad decisions on those days or exhaust myself going in and out all different things. We need to start believing what was true in the light is still true in the dark. So, nearly finished. So when we're doing well, we need to come in Jesus' name. When we're doing badly, we come in Jesus' name all the time. Now I just want to ask you as we close, just a question. How much of what we do, the decisions that we make in life sometimes are characterized or are defined or informed by where we're at at that moment in time. Do you know what I mean? This kind of, we have an up day, we have a down day. How many of the things that we decide to do, we just kind of flip-flop along life, just tossing whatever comes in life. We just, you know, we move this way, move that way. How many of our prayers that we pray are rooted more in our successes or our failures in our name, more than that consistent, constant name of Jesus. How much of our willingness or our desire, our capacity to serve and to join in with what God is doing is defined or governed by either us thinking, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I'm, I'm, I'm capable, I've done well, or I can't do it, I'm a failure, I'm the, I'm the last person that should be doing this in church. Sometimes we think I'm above that. Sometimes we think I'm below that. Sometimes we think, no, that's, that's for someone else to do. I'm far too gifted to do the bins. <laughs> I'm far too gifted to serve in that way. Or I'm not good enough to do that. No, that's not me. 
that's not me. No, that's for someone else who's been doing this a lot longer than I have with a lot more consistency. That is not for me. When we go in Jesus' name, this is all irrelevant because we are wholly dependent on him. The name of Jesus is for now and forever. Yesterday, today, forever. The Alpha, the Omega, he does not change. There are things in this room I believe that God has put on your heart. Things to do for people maybe. Something you can do to be his hands and his feet that you don't do because one day you feel like you're up to it. The next day you feel like you're not. But Jesus says to go not in your name that is up and down, but to go in Jesus' name, to go in his name, in his power, and what he wants you to do. Is there something in your life? Can you think of me? You might be better to think of something now that God has spoken to you about, but you haven't done it. Maybe because you felt above it. Maybe you felt below it. But God wants to use us. He wants to partner with us. I don't know why or how this can even work, but for some reason God chooses to use people like me and people like you to further his kingdom. Just going to read as we finish just one parable that Jesus said. I'm not going to particularly comment on this at all. Just going to read it. Luke chapter 18 verse 9. It says to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, he stood by himself and he prayed. God, I thank you that I am not like the other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers or even like this a tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. We need to stop doing things in our name. And as it said at the start, in whatever we do, whether in word or deed, we do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. For more information about our church or to access more of our resources, please visit thefreedomcentre.com.